let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So, when you think of podcasting, what do you think of? Or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, yo, let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Weavecast. After a painstakingly long week of away, you guys are getting another, another juicy episode of me sharing just my honest, misshapen, but I promise you, entertaining thoughts on anime today. Um, But actually, well, it's going to be more of an anime-focused uh, episode for this week because I'm going to be going over some of the best and the worst over of just the winter 2020 anime s- season. Um, now that we're full, we're in like the full swing of the first week or the first few slate, first episodes of the uh, spring anime, which you guys should be on the lookout for because next week I will be doing a a, a spring anime's first impressions next week. Um, so be on the definitely on the lookout that for for that next uh, next Friday. That's gonna be real fun. Um, but for this week, we're gonna say goodbye to the winter anime 2020 season. I'm gonna give my thoughts on what I thought were some of the best shows, some of the worst shows, some of the stuff in between, um, and maybe talk about what I'm uh, give you maybe at the end. I'll probably do a little sneak preview of some of the things that I. Um, are kind of looking forward to to the spring anime lineup because I haven't seen any of the first episodes quite yet at the time of this recording. Um, I mean, but I've you know just like you all guys, uh, I've I've seen some of the rumblings, I've seen some of the talk talking about some of these shows, uh, but we'll get all to that. But today we're just going to focus on the winter 2020 anime, some of the best, some of the worst, and um, I'm gonna try to keep it short and simple. Um, so I'm not quite sure how long this episode will run. I want to kind of keep it maybe under an hour or just about an hour uh, at max. Um, but you never know. Things, things, plans change, change uh, as quick as the wind. Um, if I get a little riled up or get a little upset about a show or another, uh, please forgive me. But make sure you guys get something to drink. Make sure you guys get something to eat. Hope you guys are having a good morning, evening afternoon night whatever the case may be and sit in for another episode of webcast the number one anime and manga show on the internet with your fearless leader c dub make sure you hit stand up and hit that webcast salute real fast um and wherever maybe listen to this podcast whether it be on anchor spotify apple podcast or anywhere you may be listening to your favorite podcast hopefully webcast make sure you guys uh rate the podcast review it um Maybe even write down a review. Let me know how, what you're thinking about the show. How you loving it? Do you like it? Do you sleep to it? Do you wake up to it? Do you work out to it? <laughs> Let me know what you do to this podcast. You know, keep it PG. Keep trying to keep it PG though. Um, <laughs> but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And um, 
real quick also i should always add that if you want to become an official weebcast supporter and get extra extra juicy uh anime weeb manga content make sure that you guys hit up the anchor on anchor.fm slash weebcast slash support um there you can actually donate uh you can actually donate directly to the show um and that'll help out and that'll help um improve the quality of the show and get more episodes pumped out uh for your uh pleasure and that's anchor.fm slash weebcast slash support um but also supporting it by just about you can support it by listening and sharing the podcast with, with your friends or family that is also a damn treat and i appreciate every single one of you uh so far and i love you every single much but enough for all that done, done with the preview we're going to hit a little ad, we're going to hit a little music, and then I'm going to go straight into some of the, my best, some of the best and some of the worst of this winter 2020 anime season. All right, now stick around, guys. It's going to be a blast. Hey, yo, let's go. It's Weebcast Radio. What's up, everybody? Back to welcome back to Weecast. Um, getting right back to the best and the worst of the winter 2020 uh, anime season. Um, I'm gonna be talking a little about. I'm gonna talk about just the select few of some of the shows. Um, there is one, and I'm gonna start off with the one where there's a little caveat, and one that I didn't talk about because it's too much on the show being because it's it's not a um, it wasn't one of the shows that was um, a new a, a new premiering show for the winter 2020 season but it was a show that's ending in this uh winter 2020 season and um it was one that i was secretly have been watching in the background for the last couple of weeks and um and i feel bad that only now i think it's the only time second time i'm probably mentioning um this show um after it was recommended to me but it was a uh, ggg no kitaro um I think it started up in the spring anime season of 2018, and um, now it's finally have come to an end after about 97, 96 episodes um, in this in this in the winter season. Um, and uh, I, I, so like I said, it's a caveat. So it's technically I'm not sure if I want to count this, but Spooky Kitaro is definitely probably one of the one of one of now has become one of my more favorite comedy. Uh, supernatural shonen type anime um i thought it blended i thought it blended animation styles and themes very well um just well let me start off with i guess a quick synopsis real quick just in case if you guys uh don't remember if you didn't watch the last episode uh, where i was talking about it but it's about um so nearly 20 years ago in this canon and the 21st century people have forgotten the existence of yokai and when a number of unexplainable phenomena plague adults of the human world with confusion and chaos 13 year old mana writes a letter to the yokai post in search of answers only to be greeted by ggg no kitaro um and things kind of support and um Things kind of spiral out. Of, uh, I guess I would say out of control, but it's 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 entertaining as hell. Um, I can go on and on about the love, my love for this show, um, and maybe some down somewhere down the line, I'll maybe I'll try I'll try to get a guess, maybe who's watched it too, and try to and go real and dive deep into it right now. But I'm gonna try to keep it simple, um, because the final set of these episodes, you know. 
these final episodes of, G- of Spooky Charlie didn't dial anything back. And they didn't hold anything back. Um, and, it, and it really, and the show overall continued to be a stunning example of how to handle, you know, dark, serious, gritty subject matter for a family audience um, without becoming a cliched after school special G.I. Joe type shit, you know, you, you know, what I'm getting that um, it just wasn't afraid. It was it was unmoving. It was determined to tackle um, subjects of global pandemics in episode uh, 92, 93, um, which was probably one of the more impressive episodes in the in that series. And one of the impressive episodes I've seen just in general all year. Um, but in this case, it's a supernatural disease, um, vamp- vampirism or vampirism. So people were turning to uh, vampires and, and it's swift spread. And the fact that no one was immune um, makes the parallels to what's going on in the real world even more stark. Um, but there was a, there was a haunting and uh, creepy kind of takeaway from Spooky Guitaro. Um, and has touched on many times over, over its 97 episode run. Um, and that's the idea that one person doing the right thing, no matter how hard it is, can still make a difference. And I thought that was golden. Um, look, I don't, there's, I don't judge morals. Uh, that's not in, that's not the business I'm in, you know, (laughs) but, um, I thought it promoted a, a, a message without being too preachy and and in this case it was the it's cat girl you know giving up on her confession to Kitaro and you know and Kitaro's positive reply so that she can save the world it, it would have been really easy just go to just go down with it and insist that this was just one thing she wouldn't sacrifice for the good of the world but cat girl Catgirl knows that there's more than there's more than just what she wants, um, and this is kind of and this is paralleled in the penultimate episode, the ninety episode ninety six, when she offers she literally offers herself, offers herself as the sacrifice for Mana, to go to a, a, another plane of existence and save Kitaro. Um, and her friends are ultimately more important than a world uh, without you know without them to her, then. That this is all happening, you know, this is all happening in a show where the conflict between human and de- yokai demons, um, which, you know, can easily be read as or, or framed as, you know, an us versus them kind of mentality or situation, um, fuels at least half of these episodes. Um, but Catgirl stands out even more here. See, she's the character we see in numerous war stories. Um, the antithesis of an awful prime minister who just simply states that she can't help who and what she hates as an excuse for murder. Um, Kitaro and Mana may get most of the physical action in saving, but this final coup, you know, um, or cur, um, not sure if I'm using that term right. But, you know, the final, these final episodes of the show made it clear that Catgirl is its heart. And 
and as of, you know, talking through this and when I was preparing kind of the script for this, for this episode, um, that heart is imperiled and that there's a lot at stake for everyone. And, um, even if she doesn't pull through, you know, even if she doesn't pull through though, Catgirl will, will have helped make this a consistently impressive show, um, with a lot to say about how we can all navigate the world. I think, I think she, I think she dropped some nuggets. She dropped some, some truth bombs, whatever the case may be, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I feel like that won't ever, ever won't be important. Um, let's move on to another show that I absolutely enjoyed. Probably one of, one of the top two shows I thought of this, of this season of, well, of this past winter season. Um, and that was Somali and the forest spirit. Um, now, th- as for this show, I, I have talked about a lot about this show with, with past guests um, and just on my own. And I've kind of gotten talked about it here and there, what I thought about the show and what I... Um, but I have talked about the show at least quite a bit on Weebcast. So I'll try to keep this pretty pretty simple as well. But but Somali and the Forest Spirit... And the reason why I, the reason why I talked about uh, Spooky Guitar first because I do feel like this show... For Sweet Guitar and Smaller and the Forest Spirit, do tread some to tread some similar interesting paths. Um, they share some. They share a major theme, or at least this show shares a major theme with um, with Spooky Guitar. Um, as both series kind of focus on the bitter, um, often hereditary nature of prejudice. Um, and if Kataro explores it in a wider context, then Somali's story looks at it in a kind of more personal way. And the base story, to be clear, is that a golem, uh, a simple creature created to protect the land and its inhabitants, adopts a human girl. Uh, he finds she's the sole survivor of a horrible, horrible carnage accident, carriage accident, I'm sorry, carriage accident, and becomes her personal protector basically her father in his, in her eyes. And later, uh, and later in this, Golem. At first, I mean, in the beginning, Golem doesn't really believe that he has any emotions. And we can see him, and we see that how he moves about, and how he treats himself, that, that his most, his more honest and, and his reactions to learning how to please Somali and how to make her feel safe. Um, she's well fed and all that stuff. He doesn't see those as um, as emotions. He sees those as solutions to problems that she just simply presents from day to day. Um, but that's a proven lie from like and like I said from almost from episode one. In a medium where we often see family relationships skewed for specific fetishes, it's kind of it's actually really impressive and beautiful to have a father daughter story. That truly revolves a, around like a strong parent-child bond. Um, I don't think I've seen a show in quite some time that's that's done this in a positive, and also but also in a very but written pretty damn well at the same time. Um, see, Somali's unquestioning belief in Golem as her father figure and her clear adoration for him serves to highlight Golem's own realiza- realization that Somali really is his daughter. And that his end goal may be no longer just be finding humans and leaving her with with them, you know. 
he wants to remain a part of her life for as long as, you know, for as long as he can. And Golem at some points even stops seeing Somali as a human and begins to view her as simply as Somali, as her just a, a being that is his daughter. Um, and he, he understands that she needs to be protected as a human. He first foremost thinks that thinks of her as his daughter and and a process by which you know he goes through to the and the process that we get to see that through is actually is amazing and beautiful to see but I, I have to talk about the art I mean the art is is also beautiful as well I think it's one of the more better animated um, shows of this pat of this winter season um, and it really helps helps the pl- and actually benefits the plot and uh, the themes and some of the visual cues that they throw in through each episode. Um, but what strikes me even most about the show is the way that the children just don't buy into the prejudices of their elders. Um, Kikila, Somali's um, beast person, beast person friend, um, doesn't care that she smells different, you know? Because, I mean, we see throughout the episodes that a lot of these animals, these creatures, um... Can kind of sm- can can kind of you know pick up when there's a human or have, maybe have some kind of inkling that they're not the same, um, and we kind of see clues to that and how that kind of how that works in this world. Um, but Kikila um, doesn't really care about that, and I think he even notices it. I think I, if I I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, that they even have an inkling that she is a human, but they just really don't. I don't think they reveal that they've been thinking about that since they've met her until later on um, into the work. Um, but he just, you know, he, he even though he thinks that he's smelling a human, he just, um, Kikila just likes her. And Somali immediately accepts Golem as her dad, even though he's a giant, eyeless, clay man thing. And even in a flashback, children have to be taught to hate the other. And I mean other in, I mean, I mean, I mean, other as in, um, in this world's, in this story's uh, history, you know, of, that humans were brought up to and heard stories about how these creatures were killers and evil beings, um, even though. There were there were some evil ones. There were some evil creatures, and uh, probably did some horrible things. But like any other group of people, there's always going to be that subsection, you know. Uh, even though at the point where we're in, at the story, um, and I, I really hope he gets, I hope they get the second season. Hope we get to see more of this because I think you guys enjoyed it. If not, I mean, make sure I'll, I'll hit just hit me up. I'll definitely slide you that manga. Um. Things things go pretty dark, um, and I think that message of of just of, of early onset prejudice um, of children taking that on from their elders, of how learned hate could could be, um, even in a fantastical world like this, um, I think it's like a beacon of hope um, in this in this in this first season. Um, like, you know, it may not all work out, but it gives us this idea in the future. And like with Spooky Kataro, that a sense of uh, a hopeful, a hopeful heart 
may be enough to even change things. Um, I did do I did two I did two in a row for some of the best of the season. I mean, I should probably at least go. Let's do one. Let's get one of the bad ones out of the way, <laughs> if you don't mind. Let's get one of these out of the way. Or I don't know if I should say the worst, but it could possibly be. But I, and this pains me to say this because I love these types of shows. Um, and I do think there was actually some good episodes to this show, but overall, I think it could have been executed a lot better. And so as for one of my most, more disappointing, ep- uh, shows, um, in the winter 2020 season is, I don't know if you guessed it, but it was, uh, it invaded in it invaded. Um, I was, I, I was set mainly to, I was writing. Um, while writing this episode script, I was ready to put ARP backstage as probably one of the, my worst, most disappointing shows, which I probably still might add. Um, it's just halfway through it. I felt, of course, this show sucks, but I think you guys and anyone who's listening would know, and probably have heard a lot of people talk crap about ARP backstage already. Um, and if you don't know what ARP backstage is, then you're probably doing something good in life right now. You're probably going the right path because you don't need to um it's not really worth messing mention mentioning all that much other than the title and that it's underwhelming as all get out um and i said that mainly because arp backstage's first episode was both both parts annoying and uncomfortable um, at the same time um with characters kind of directly talking to the camera. Um, didn't feel like it fit the theme that I was going for. But after finishing It Invaded, I felt like this show may have been... I, I do think it's a lot it's better than ARP Backstage. But that's... The, and that, Well, that's where my point comes in. I, this show had, so, had a lot more pro, um, promise. A lot more potential. Um, and then I felt like it just fell flat in some areas. Um, I mean, that's not to imply the show was, that the show was particularly great. It had its moments, um, where things worked a lot, like, uh, Saki Ito's time, an alternate past, or the episode in the Gravedigger's id, um, well, but for most part, it seemed like it wasn't what it wanted to do with the story. It's, um... It's like a deconstruction of literary brilliant detectives kind of genre, a uh, patch-stitch of time crime show tropes, a, or a game of find the reference to this specific thing and exercise and cycle babble. As it turns out, the answer to all the, those questions may very well be yes. And that's the problem, because it means that this, that as a series, it was trying to be just way too many things all at once um and and it tried to grab it tried to reach i think it was trying to go at too many viewers or too many audiences too many different audiences all at once and it ended up letting most of those viewers down or if not all (laughs) i mean that it left a veritable raft of unanswered plot threads and other just weird oddities behind well it ended is what it really did it for me. Why? Because, for example, let me say, Nari Hisago still apparently is in jail. Why wasn't Momoki the new sh- chief? 
Why could Kiki uh, Asukai's life suck anymore? And most damning, why did I spend <laughs> these weeks hoping that the show would have, have some sort of real resolution? <sighs> that one's beyond me. And it got me. Hook, line, and sinker. First episode, I really enjoyed it. But it certainly doesn't make me feel any better about this show. Even if I probably would still kind of watch a sequel. Not sure what that says about me, though. (laughs) Um, Let's go back into a best. Um, I should probably talk about Beastars. I was about to go back into Somali again because I I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that show. Um, But I'm trying to think if I missed anything. I wanted to talk about Somali and the forest spirit. Um... I'm not sure if I'm missing anything. Let, let's just go into Beastars. Um, even though I did do a, a pretty decently sized episode on it, or a half, I did an episode uh, where I talked exclusively about some of the great things and why people should watch Beastars. Um, you know, it's not for everybody, even if, you know, pushing past the, the furry thing, I guess. I put that in quotations. Um, and I said, like, you know, hey, would you, I mean, you know, would you pass up, you know, a hole in the, you know, a hole in the wall kind of diner, bar, food place, because the outside kind of looks a little dingy, didn't even know it was a food place, but, you know, you happen to go inside, happen to visit, happen to order some food, you get some of those steak and get some steak and some fries, and it's bomb, and that shit tastes really good, and then like, wow, from the outside, this place didn't look all that great, but look what I did. I tried it, and look, I ended up really enjoying it. This is what Beastars was for me. When it was recommended to me, um, look, obviously, I mean, the opening is a banger. A banger. One of my favorite openings out of all this year. Out of all of them this year. Um, but, I look, I was coming into this show with some trepidation as well. For the same trepidations for those people who don't want to, you know, who don't, um, who refuse to try the show. Trust me. Um, but look, tossing, tossed headfirst into this harrowing world of B stars, it struck me as a frightening place. Um, on the surface, uh, carnivores and herbivores have managed to strike a balance where. They can somewhat get along, but animal instincts are hard, hard, hard to leave behind. And Wolf, the Grey Wolf, Legacy, wrestling with his inner nature is conveyed through haunting visuals and sound effects. The true nature of the beast under his shy, awkward boy coloring, every seemingly innocent interaction he has with his classmates, he's a good person, good, good animal at heart, but he can't fight his feelings. And this is made all the more perilous when he falls in love with the white dwarf rabbit Haru, who on the surface is as delicate as a little herbivore could be. Um, But Haru in herself is also a complex character, Um, frustrated with the fragile nature and actively seeking to rebel against it. Uh, The friendship and 
possible romance that blooms between them seems doomed and wrong at, at every possible turn. But the show manages to make it seem like something to root for nonetheless. Impressive art and animation combined with the an emotionally resonant story has made Beastars a great binge for viewing this season. Um, and def- and um, definitely check out uh, an episode on Beastars if you want to hear a little bit more. I want to go if you want to hear me go into a little more details about the show. Um, but it's definitely one of the best I feel like of the of the of this winter season. Uh, let's go. Let's go right back. And do one of my more disappointing shows. Uh, if if I, and the thing is, I don't think this show is all that bad. I just think it was just dreadfully boring. Dreadfully boring. The first episode dragged on. I felt like I was watching a movie, not a twenty-three minute first episode pilot episode. You know what I'm saying? And that was uh, Hatiana Illusion. Um, yeah, you remember Hatiana Illusion? Of course you don't. Of course you don't. Because um, it has nothing to do with the shit that I thought it would do, like with magicians and cool tricks and all that shit. It is... Okay, well, let me just... I'll just get into it real fast. So you haven't employed Kaito. Kaito anime, like... Uh, Kazikame, Kaito, Jean, several decades back. Um, I don't know if anybody even remembers Kamikaze Kaito. Um, or the Heavenly Wind Phantom Thief. Um, it was about Marin. See, it was like a normal high school student, but she's a secret agent of God known as Kaito Jean. And with the angel Finn and helping her, she fights demons who have possessed people and turns them into uh, chess pieces. And in this way, many people believe that she's stealing valuable artwork, including her friend uh, Miyako. And what Marin or Jean doesn't know that um, Chiaki, a good-looking guy that lives in the same apartment, is her rival, uh, Kaito Sinbad. Um, but yeah, you guys should definitely check that out. I don't think it's that long of a show, I believe. Um, read the manga. I think it was I think it was serialized in Ribbon. Uh, Shueisha published it. And the art and story is actually really nice by Arena um, Tanimura. Um very, it's a classic. If you guys want something a little more retro, definitely check out Phantom Thief, uh, Gene, the manga. Um, but that's what I thought I was kind of getting into when um, when I was hopping into Hatiana Illusion for the first time. Um, and I was hoping for something in the same vein from this show. However, the show seems mired in the most tired tropes of 90s anime without adding anything fresh or new to the table, um, to this Kaito formula table. Hatiana herself is the consumer uh, Sundere to poor, innocent Makoto, whose only crime is being a boy? Well, Hatiana mistook him for a girl when they were childhood friends and all that. It makes it, makes it kind of makes it hard to empathize with the titular character here, Especially when lackluster Makoto just takes the abuse without a word of protest. And it makes for a shoddy start to probably what's going to wind up a wind up to be some kind of romantic relationship. That aside, 
There's no, there's so much going on in the series which deals with real magic as well as stage magic. Actually, only a few instances of Hatiana doing her Phantom Thief routine. And on top of all that, some of the episodes are also noticeably poorly animated. So, though, I didn't really stick with it all that much. I look forward, I was looking forward to watching this each and every week, but, um, they kind of broke in my heart right there. So, another wasted anime on the Kaito formula. Um, maybe we'll get one in the spring season. I don't know. But, um, let's go to another best. Um, and that's the, probably another top show of the season. Um... It wasn't my number one show, but it was damn sure, um, definitely not a lot of people's number one show. It spawned off live action, sh- a live action movie, stage plays. It's, you know, it's going to, we're going to get more. We're definitely going to get more of this. You guys just have to keep on a lookout for it. Deserves, even though it's got a lot of attention, still deserves some more attention. And that's keep your hands off Eozokin. Um, I mean, I, like I don't think I've talked about this all that much on this show. If I do, maybe I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to talk about it a little bit more. But here, I'll do my piece at least here, uh, real quick. It's about Midori, uh, Subame, and Sayaka, our energetic trio, a first year, year first year high school girls, who come together in the Eozokin, the video research club, to turn their anime dreams into a reality. Midori is nervous to create an anime alone, so. She happens to meet Tsubame, who appears to be a well-to-do girl, but she has an artistic dreams of becoming an animator. And Midori's best friend, Sayaka, has the financial sense to bring the project to fruition and joins the pair on their quest. Um, I mean, what can I say? I mean, this is one of the better animes I've seen in a long, long, long time. In the similar vein of Bakuman, but somehow a little bit better. Um, actually, not even a little bit. I think it is actually probably better than Bakuman, but it's just, I mean, it's just, let's just be real. It's just a thing that's going to happen regularly now. Is, is Ma, uh, Masaka Yuasa, um, is Ma, uh, Masaki Yu, uh, Yuasa dropping potentially the best anime of the year in our laps first thing January and then standing back to revel in our surprise and excitement. Of course, two years later. I'm still recovering from the nihilistic shot to my system that was Devilman Cryberry. So, I'm decidedly relieved that in Iazoken, Yuasa delivered something much more easy breezy, a little more chill. Um, But that's the trick. Because it really isn't. That a series supposedly set on simply celebrating the medium we we loved called anime could reveal itself as an applauding everything about the creative process itself it's easy to get swept up in uh asakusa's uh mechanically built fights of fancy relatable to literally about anybody and everyone with the simple sensibilities of things that would look cool in motion showcasing creation apart from the mere plotting pot you know minute for me for me personally the most engaging surprise was the audio club's uh, Domeki, uh, with her pursuit of perfection and and archival sounds. Sound effects are something so easy, you know, for a lot of us to take take for granted. 
in our other enjoyed anime productions and or just in shows in general. Um, so showcasing the amount of effort poured into them was kind of a re- revelation for someone like me, making me immediately attentive to their quality and their usage as I watched some of the other shows in this same season. Um, and that's the, that's really the true magic of Iazokin, that it can be that it can sell itself to nerds like us on mutual appreciation of, a, of the medium that we love as anime, but then build up things such as by the end, we find ourselves appreciating anime on a whole nother level than we did previously. Um, it's amazing that Yuasa and, and all his buddies at Science Saru could pull that off, producing a series that raises not only my just my opinion of them, but of over, of anime overall. And that's a profound success that comes along apparently every over the January when it comes to Science Saru. <laughs> um, let's get into another one. I'm going to go right to another one that I really liked that I didn't like in the beginning. I thought it was okay, um, but it does. I did feel like it got better and I felt like it was one of the more funnier, one of the more comedic shows this season. And that was Bofuri. I don't want to get hurt, so I'll max out my defense. Um, for as rarely I was digging Iozokin's art house excellence, one of the, this series was, could be considered far, a far more anime anime. Bofuri is a, pretty much a story of a cute girl who plays final virtual reality online game with her friends and finds herself stumbling into an amazingly to be, and finds out that she's amazingly good at it. The secret to the show's charm is simply that it had so much charm to coast on at all. You know, so much other anime have tried to hook me in on the, the VR MMO angle by selling me on the supposed super fun immersion that, you know, their settings provide. But Bofuri does that. No, no, no. Bofuri was the first one that really clicked for me. Maybe mostly it's Maple? The pint-sized protective powerhouse propelling the show, trying as she does to simply have fun in the game of New World Online, only to end up breaking it wide open in the process over and over and over again. That uh, that's bolstered kind of the higher than expect expected production values, showcasing the abilities of Maple as well as her less overpowered friends in regularly excellent battles. As well as a commitment to ultimately immaterial game setting storytelling, it stands apart from some of the other isekai adjacent world affecting seriousnesses seriousness of the other VR or the VR MMO uh, anime have kind of dabbled in, and that makes Bofuri just generally fun to follow and watch. As cozy and consistent as you know, chill, you know, willing away time in a game with your friends. Um, Definitely need to check out Bofuri, though, for sure. Um, let's just take a break. Because I, I do... You know what? Because something struck me in my heart. Um, and that that arrow that... You can't see it right now. But I am currently bleeding with an arrow stuck on my chest. And that arrow reads Hatiana Illusion. Because I, I think I might have to talk about it a little bit more. Why I hate it. And why it confuses me so damn much but i'm i'm resisting i'm resisting as hard as i can fam i'm resisting as hard as i can we uh weebs 
C-Dub is, is only so strong. Um, but it seems like Hatiana Illusion somehow has this power over me that I can't stop. Bad mouth. No, all right. I'll save the slandering for later. We'll come back after a little break, uh, after a little ad, after some music. Um, maybe, maybe get a refill on your drinks. Maybe get some snacks. We got some more best of the wor- best and the worst of the anime 2020 season. This is your C Dub, your boy C Dub. Uh, I'm going to be back on the other side. Yo, what it do? What it do, everybody? Welcome back, Weebs. Welcome back to the number one anime and manga podcast show on the internet right now weeb cast welcome back it's the your fearless leader c dub and um previously i, I kind of calmed down after the little break um okay no i did i really didn't look i have so many questions about this show hot and illusion like first of all why does this show feel like it's some reject from 1998 or 2004 even get an anime and who the hell is the children's playground entertainment studio and what and is the quality of their effort on this thing the reason i've never heard of them before like trust me i, I was looking but i looked at this this production company or whatever children's playground entertainment first of all they've only been a part of two other two other animes for, for another one Cerberus, that looks like a knockoff uh sorter online and somehow does it worse and then Glimpenir, which looks like a boot a bootleg Dongarampa. So do their their next little stint, Hatiana Illusion, isn't really isn't really doing it for me, you know? Um House is not even the best anime with this featuring featuring a plot point where the character mistook their children childhood friends gender. We we live in a strange times and Hatiana Illusion feels like a stranger from I from a stranger from a stranger time, I swear. I, I checked this show out because some base designs seem pretty neat. And I like Kaito themed shows and magicians acting as themes make for a decent hook. But that appeal didn't pass. I mean, did not last past episode one. The story crams just way more ideas and genre influence than his abilities can make use of, evoking elements better deployed and Everything from Hayate the Combat Butler to Symphogear. Uh Put the screen with all the digi print error quality, and you could ho- could hope from for from such a stored effort. But why did I even watch this show? What a, what did what did I do? That was a waste of twenty three minutes of my life. But looks like that's just another question I'm still left asking. <sighs> let me um let me talk about something I like. Talk about something I like. All right. Well, no. I have another one. Not a th- Speaking of anime that's kind of disappointing. Um, and that was one of my resident Seventy Deadly Sins knockoff anime, Plunderer. Um, and my usual caveat. Look, I mean, look, I don't get paid to watch any of these shows. Um, it'd be cool, you know, Crunchyroll, Funimation, I'm out there, if you need me, you want a guy to watch shows for you and talk about it, you got your guy, but, 
if I, I don't know if I would even watch this show, even if I was paid to do so. And, and I haven't completed this series, this season that I would eventually genuinely say I found disappointing, even 22 seven, which never really lived up to the potential of his early episodes has proved too many solid outings to earn my place as the worst for this season. As, as such, I feel like I have to do default to Plunderer, which I hear has actually improved quite a bit from its distract disastrous first episode. Um, but boy, the first episodes sure were a total fucking bomb. Plunderer's pr- premiere was such a terrible failure on every imaginable front. In fact, that it easily is stuck in my mind as the single worst thing I've been subjected to about all year so far. The comedy was unfunny in its best moments and downright offensive at some at, at points. The world building felt fundamentally broken in ways that simply could not be re- reconciled in a single episode. And I personally found the visuals to be just plain kind of ugly, plain. If I'm being honest, I, I do not doubt that Plunder might very well be a secretly successful story wrapped up in some unfortunate packaging. That's been the case for many series, you know, over the years when show's first episode is so terrible that it single-handedly kills any and all interest one might have in giving this another show a chance though that's that's a big problem maybe that alternate universe version of me that switched over switched the order of the top shows of this season also gave plunder a second chance but in this timeline the one i'm currently living in i am more than happy to give it a hard pass um let me do a show that was a little, I guess, oof, what should I say about this one? Was it underrated? I don't know if, I, if that's the right word for it. Um, and I should have, um, I should have, like, I should have added another caveat um, for this. I should have added, I should have added some kind of caveat for this one as well. Um... But I guess I just never really got the chance to do so. <laughs> um, while writing it, I mean. Um, but let me just get into it. It's the man. I can't even. Where did, did I even write this name? But it was a uh, Chia. Uh, it was Chia Hayafuru. Um, I'm not really all into these types of shows all the time. Um, I think Madhouse did the did this. It's more slice of life. A little more Jose drama. That's games, sports, kind of in it, you know. Um, but it had just ended. It didn't start this season. It's more. Of, it's been out for several years, but it has ended. Um, and I will say that it's. You can say that I can say that it's worth the wait. The show was on one of the top of my witch list of anime that has over a new season for ages, and then six years after the season two this drama about card games return to returns to somehow make esoteric sport based sport based around centuries old walk up poetry relevant and relatable to a worldwide audience uh, chihaya's world has expanded to include viewpoints of characters far beyond herself or even her team offering a slew of perspectives we usually don't see in anime including Haruda Sensei, a character in his 50s, and Inokuma, a mother too. This season raised the stakes by depicting Chihaya's visit to the Meijin and Queen matches, 
where previously uh, Chihaya and her team watched it on TV. The ramp up to the most important event of the year for Kurata players brings attention that pervades into every aspect of the story. Uh, this show nails its character beats so well that even though I can see never see myself playing Kur- uh, Kurata, I've never been more invested in the outcome of each and every game. Um, well, I probably should have talked a little bit more. I should have gave a little synopsis. But how should I put this? Maybe it'd be easier if I talked a little bit about um, the first the first season a little bit better, actually. It, Chia Ayase is a strong-willed and tomboyish girl grows up under the shadow of her older sister with um, and with no dreams of her own she is contented she is contented with the share in life till she meets Arata Wataya the quiet transfer student in her elementary class introduces her to competitive Kurata a physically and mentally demanding card game inspired by a classic Japanese anthology of a hundred poets um Captivated by Arata's passion for the game and inspired by the possibility of becoming the best in Japan, Chiha, Chiha quickly falls into falls in love with the world of Kurata, along with the prodigy Arata, um, with their hot, haughty but hardworking friend Taichi uh, Mashima. She joins the local uh, Shiranami society, the tr- and then kind of the trio spends their idyllic, idyllic childhoods playing together until circumstances split them up. But now in high school, Chihaya has grown into a Kurata freak. She aims to establish the municipal uh, Mizuzhawa High Competitive Kurata Club, setting her sights on the national championship at Omigingu, or Jingu. Setting her sights on the national championship, or, I mean, now uh, reunited with the now indifferent Taichi, Chia's dream of establishing a Kurata team is only one step away from becoming true. She now must bring together members with um, with a passion for the game that matches her own. Um, and Chia Harfuru is an anime adaptation from the manga with the same name. Uh, it was written and illustrated by uh, Yuki Sugesudu, I think. If I'm saying that wrong, I might be saying that the last thing wrong, but Suesugu. Um, it's serialized in magazine Be Love, I'm pretty sure. And Animax Asia released the anime with English subtitles, I think, back in 2013. Um, it's I'm pretty sure it's gotten two live film adaptations. I think they were both. I think they both released in 2016. The manga won the I think won the second manga Taisho Award and the 35th Kodansha Manga Award in the shoujo category. Um, that is, it's, and it's one of those shows, which I, I pair the show with us. I don't talk, I haven't talked a lot about it on here, but I've always felt like it's, it's definitely a show comparable to Slam Dunk. Um, in a, in the case where as was this show and manga was so popular that it boosted the interest in competitive, uh, Karuta in Japan. Um, and the manga sold over 4. million copies, 4.5 million copies and really has been praised for combining the elements of sports and literature in such an interesting, creative way for almost anybody to uh, watch and enjoy. Um, so definitely, if you've never heard of it, never seen it, that's an official Weebcast recommendation right there. Um, but let's get into... Um, let's get into another one that I wasn't feeling so much. 
I felt like I had a decently strong first episode. Um, and then I, I saw a little bit more about it behind the scenes. I watched a few more episodes. Try to see what I thought. And that was Smile Down the Runway. Um, that was... This is the... This is the uh, anime that was adapted from the from a manga of the same name. Uh, focusing on Chiyuki Fujicho, who had a dream to become Paris's collection model. The problem is, she's too short to be a model, and everyone around her tells her that. But no matter what they say, she won't ever give up. And her classmate, a poor student named uh, Ikuto Sumura, also has a dream to become a fashion designer. Now, the two decide to, be, to combine their dreams and overcome the naysayers. Um. <laughs> Based on the first few episodes of Smile Down the Runway, I was sort of hoping to follow along our protagonist over a Project Runway style rise to the top. But instead, I got a melodramatic soap opera of increasingly unrealistic twists and turns and by mid-season this might as well have been called punish ikuto half hour because of the way its male protagonist was dealing with so much drama there was no time for him to so so close the turning point for me was when ikuto raw from dealing with a family emergency was exploited by multiple characters in a, now in a row, hoping to turn Ikuto's disaster into an opportunity for bribery. By the time Ikuto reaches a semblance of emotional resolution, um, it's already time for the fashion show, and show that is supposed to be the climax of the season, making his and Chiyuki's purported dream something of a kind of an afterthought. And paired with a simplistic art style that doesn't do the clothing designs much justice, it just feels like another show that simply uh, just missed its mark. Um, let's see. I I kind of want to get into another show that I thought was one of some one of the best. Um, I'm gonna have to, and I'm I might have to go right into. I mean, I talked about Bro Free. Um, I kind of want to talk about interspecies reviewers. I'm not sure how, where I put this as whether it's some of the bur- best or the worst, but I'm just going to talk about it and maybe I'll decide at the end <laughs> when I finish. Because this one, I didn't write, I didn't write anything for this one because I just thought it was pretty, pretty stupid. I thought I had some jokes that got old pretty fast, but if you were, if we're judging series on purposely on qualitative merits, then obviously you want to have keep your hands off the Azokan would be, or maybe Somali and the forest spirit would belong on for the best but but however by the end of episode two of interspecies rewrites I found myself starting to lose interest and placing it into the same character I put in in Kunihiko's Ikuhara's works um and I mean and, and you ask like well what do you mean by that well, which may be a plus for many, but isn't really so so much for me. So, I instead I opted for the series, which I felt m- most important for, or I guess pivotal for this season. Interspecies reviewers was probably the, certainly the most talked about series in this season. You could definitely argue. Um, actually, I'm not sure if there's an argument. Uh, 
certainly not one of the best of this of the season, but it was definitely one of the more talked about um, shows this season in overall. Um, in no smart part due it to being pulled off many streaming and broadcast services due to how far it went with his content. But it deserves attention for, I guess, another big reason. It was one of the very rare, truly adult-oriented, dedicated fan service series, fan service series we've ever seen. And I don't mean that in the extreme extremity of his content, but in its whole attitude it kind of takes. These are adult characters providing adult thoughts and actions about sexual matters rather than just playing out the juvenile fantasies about sexuality. And, and that's something that most pure, period-oriented anime series really can't offer. In fact, I have gone back and watched some of the last, the least snippets of the other Notorious fan service to idols since this one has started and have been struck by how base, uninspired, and yes, juvenile that contact typically typically is by comparison the creativity with with which the series kind of approaches the matter of different kinds of brothels in a fantasy setting also shouldn't be un- underestimated nor should it be surprisingly sex positive a presentation it normally provides as fan series fan service series go it's a breath of sweetly performed air you should say i guess you could say um not sure. I I think that might just be the list. Like I said, guys, this was a pretty it was a pretty short episode. So I'm really sorry. I, if you kind of enjoy the longer episodes, there will be a longer episode because in a few days I will be doing an episode on some of the manga that needs to be animated. But for right now, let's just do a little wrap up. Some shows that I really didn't I didn't talk about. I didn't really talk about um um. Oh man, now I'm drawing a blank on it. That's embarrassing. Um, I can't even think about it. But these were my shows. <laughs> these were some of the best and the worst of the winter 2020 anime season. Um, did I talk about your show? Did you? Did I say a show that I thought was the best that you didn't think it was? Or did I trash one? Or did I call one of your favorite shows the worst of the season? And you're kind of pissed off at me. Just let me know. You can do that by maybe even leaving a voice message on, on Anchor. You don't even need to get the app. You could leave a voice message right from your phone. And I'll get it directly. And it could you can hear it on the next episode. Let me know what you think about my best and the worst. Um, but... Um, I had a lot of fun doing this. I wanted to do at least a nice little short, little sweet episode. Just talk, giving my simple, direct thoughts about some of what I thought were some of the best. Um, and talk about some shows that I haven't really talked about on the show previously. Um, and that's what I kind of see. And that's what I kind of wanted the purpose here. Um, but for, for the last segment, I just want to talk about some things that I'm going to be doing. Uh, some future episodes. Um... I think I talked about it. Oh, wait, you know what? No, 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 no. You know what? Um. I was going to say, there is the, um, we could, we could preview. Well, one of the new, one of the few episodes that that's going to be coming out, um, is I'm going to do a, definitely a, should be by by next week 
a winter, I mean, the spring anime 2020 first impressions that should be next Friday. Um, depending on, I, I looked at the list and, uh, I'm not sure if I want to, I might split it back up into two parts again, just so that it isn't such a mega episode. And I kind of just want, you know, I could probably get at least two decently sized episodes out of that. Maybe there'll be about an hour and a half each. Cause I, um, I want to give each and every show at least a chance, a fighting chance and gets at least a little bit of speaking time. Um, so you be, be on the lookout for that next week. Um, also, definitely, definitely. Also, be look out on because I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be talking about um, some manga. Um, having a manga centric episode um, in the next coming days, and that's going to be all about manga people, mangas that I want to see animated, yeah. and probably mangas you probably want to see animated as well. Some of these are probably, let's say, a little more obvious than others. I've got a few surprises on there though. Ones that you probably wouldn't think. Um, but I have 10. I'm going to be having 10 uh, mangas that I think that are popular enough, have enough steam, have enough power, have enough weight enough to be animated sometime in the future. Ones that need to be animated really soon. Um, so definitely on the lookout at that in a few days. And then even a little more further into the future, I have started watching... And reading Soul Eater. That's right. I have watched. I am watching and reading Soul Eater as we speak or as I speak and you listen. Um, so get be ready for a Soul Eater retrospective in the coming two weeks. Um, just be on the lookout for that. It's, I've been I'm right now currently loving and remembering why I loved Soul Eater so damn much um and also i may have a guest for that one so also be on the lookout for that because i may have a guest that's going to be returning on to return on to the show from an episode that you guys really liked it got a lot of good um it was received really well i'm gonna have a night i'm gonna have one of our lovely guests return on back on the show and uh they're gonna um hopefully they're gonna be able to talk to me um as we watch soul eater together and kind of review it and try to look back at it critically and um is see where it stands in the world and the anime and what's it's and some of our opinions and just go straight into the hard get to the hard facts of the matter you know what i'm saying um but that's going to be it for me for to this episode today make sure whatever wherever you may be listening to this podcast make sure you guys rate and review it leave a nice rating for me uh or leave a bad rating that's totally up to you or you can go into my twitter uh which is j x n m o R-I. That's on twitter.com slash J-X-N-M-O-R-I. And tell me all tell me what you think. Tell me what future episode ideas you want to see in the future. Um but definitely keep spreading the keep spreading support, keep spreading the love. Share share this episode and share other episodes with your friends and family or other people that just love anime and manga and probably want to hear about some dude talk about it way too much. Um, but make sure whether you listen to on Google podcast, Apple podcast, or even anchor, or even wait, what's another one? Oh, that's right. Anchor. If you listen on to anchor, make sure that you guys, um, hit the star right at the top of the screen. And also if you're feeling generous, you can also donate to the show to improve future episodes and just get more, uh, quality weeb content. You can do that by going to, 
Um, you can go that go right to my Twitter account and hit the link in my bio, or you can go to anchor.fm slash weebcast slash support, and there you can be able to donate a, a, a small monthly donation to help me and help the podcast grow further and grow more into the future. Uh, I love every single one of y'all guys. It's your fearless leader, C-Dub, signing out. Make sure you guys hit that hit that salute, weebs. Hit that salute real hard. Make sure you guys are standing up while you're doing it because I'm going to be back at you more with some more content in the next week. Be on the lookout for some uh, manga that I think are going to be anime and the episode and some, uh, we're going to do our, our anime winter, spring, 2020 first impressions. It's going to be exciting. All right, guys, you guys keep it cool. I'm out of 3000. See you.